This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. want to remind you about our friends at Ute Conference Football. They've got their 14U division. They'll now allow players the full high school experience. High school rules, unlimited weights, real football. If you're tired of rec league competition, sign up today. UteConferenceFootball.org. Let's compete. Let's play. We're live today from the Bullfrog Spas Hot Tub Clearance Center. 7111 South, Bingham Junction Boulevard. Really just corner 7200 South and 7th West. Really easy to get to. Come by, grab some jazz gear, chat with us. Uh, Scotty uh, filling in for Gordon today. We saw a few listeners during the break. Always fun to chat and get to, uh, get to know our listeners. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, good, good crew coming down here. But, man, I tell you, these, these hot tubs are impressive. You know, that bullfrog name has been so synonymous with hot tubs here in Utah. And the cool thing is that you pointed out, Build them here in Utah, man. You you got a chance to go through the uh, through the factory, the, the factory, huh? It's rad. That's awesome. Yeah, it's actually really really cool. And so nowhere else in the world they're they're a, a worldwide company. They send uh, spas everywhere, but nowhere else in the world do you get the chance to to get deals on this because well they're located here. Wow. And that, we love supporting you get local that companies. Bad boy over there, you fit about fifty people into that thing. Oh yeah, at least I, I'm just thinking that uh, you know you've got kid in high school kids move in that direction they could you know it'd be party at the gerard household that's true have they done that yet has have one of your kids done that yet where you've gone out of town or or something and and you come home to a party uh not that i know of but maybe that's just that i'm not aware on what's going on and they've they've cleared out any kind of uh, trace of any issues there see that's why i was never that guy in high school because I never wanted to be paranoid over it, you know? And you didn't really enjoy cleaning that much, and you got to clean up really. In fact, Everything. If, in fact, that's the one thing. If I came home and the house was super clean, I'd be like, what did you do? What happened while we were gone? Because it, is, it isn't <laughs> like this. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, all right, Scotty. I wanna, so I, I filled in with DJ this morning. I had a lot of fun, DJ and PK. Um, and DJ asked me kind of off the top of my head win totals for the three teams, right? Okay. And so for Utah State, I said 10. Ooh. If they're going to compete for a conference title, I'm thinking 10 wins. And so DJ uh, then rolls through, of course, because it's, it's DJ and he loves to do it, starts rolling through the schedule and telling me why. Probably by memory. Utah State. Oh, of course yeah. by memory. Uh, why Utah State wasn't going to get to 10 wins. And so I started looking through it, and, and I still, uh, honestly, Scotty, I still think that they can get there, but I was, I, was, I was backing off my hard 10 just a little bit. 10's a big number. I think if they hit 9, that's a really great year uh, if they get to 9. 9, um, I, I think if they get to 9 this year, that's a remarkable number and much better than probably the 10 they got last year. Really? Because, and this is why, I remember going to Mountain West Conference Media Day, and, and I filled out a ballot on where I thought the team, and I had them second in the division behind Boise State, and that was simply, and, and, and they ended up being picked fourth. And I remember, well, that's it's ridiculous, because they were going to be a better team. They brought a ton of players back from the previous year, and their schedule lightened up immensely. They didn't have to play Fresno. They didn't have to play San Diego State. They didn't have to play Nevada. Uh, and so their schedule was such where it late, you know, they were a really good team. They were a great team last year. And 
their schedule was such that was that allowed them to produce a lot of wins. Now Nevada comes back on the schedule. Now San Diego State comes back on the schedule. Now Fresno comes back on the schedule. And you've got two essentially Power 5 teams, although Wake Forest, I don't know if you... They should smash Wake Forest. Wake Forest is an early three-and-a-half-point favorite. That's ludicrous. In fact, we should we should get in the car after the show, Scotty. Let's do a Wendover trip. You know, Although Hans owes you one now, He does it? owe me one. So Hans will be uh, facilitating that drive to uh, Wendover. You think he pays uh, up on that? Uh, well, I can't throw him under the bus because I owed him one for several years and just completely forgot about it. And he didn't because he would bring it up every now and then. Like, when are we going to Wendover? I don't even remember what the bet was, but I owed him one. So, so now you're even. So now we're even. By yeah. the way, his confidence on that Bruins game, you knew the Bruins were losing. I, I knew the minute I heard that segment, and I was listening to. I was driving around. I had it punched up. And Hans, Hans by the way, giving you a two-and-a-half-point spread in hockey. I mean, you were winning that bet. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a guarantee. And right I even there. admit, like, I don't know anything about these two teams, but I am taking that bet. But I know that they play hockey. And if you're going to give me two-and-a-half goals in hockey, I'm taking it. In a game seven in the, <laughs> in the Stanley Cup, Cup finals. finals. That's yeah. happening. Uh, so, yeah, they open up against Wake Forest. And then, uh, like, you, but, you know, the other thing is the teams in their division, the good teams, they play at home. So, you know, you get Colorado State at home. You get Boise State at home. Um, you get BYU at home. So that, that helps out a little bit. Uh, I would say nine is, is doable, and, uh, but it's going to take a really special year to get to nine. Okay, so LSU is probably an L. That's an L, yeah. But outside of that, I don't see necessarily a guaranteed L on Utah State's schedule. But where I think you and DJ have a point is at San Diego State and at Fresno State. Now, yes. San Diego State was average last year, slightly above, right? And Fresno was really good, but Fresno lost their whole team, did they yeah, not? Yeah, Fresno has a big turnover there. So that's a little bit more winnable than maybe you would think. Boise turns over a quarterback. Yep. And But it is Boise, so... And you don't get... I would rather play Boise early in the year, but uh, they push that game to late in the season. So, you know, that's going to be in late November when you play that game. Um, so there's a lot of things I like about this schedule. and the, But the thing that I don't like that could be a little troubling is... You, your non-conference is all over the place. You got Wake and then, you know, Stony Brook. And then you don't play LSU until October 5th. Yeah, it's kind of strange. It's a little bit later than usual. And then you don't play, you know, usually you play BYU on, on conference weekend. Well, no, BYU is actually going to be in November, on November 2nd. So, again, there's some weird games in there that where you're disrupting your conference schedule. And I've talked to that coaching staff, and they're not particularly pleased with how this schedule lays out. But, you know, it's one of those where, you know, you, you, made, you, you benefited from it last year. This year, it's, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. How much is that offense going to change? Uh, I, they anticipate using the tight end a little bit more. They anticipate throwing the ball. A lot of their passing game was, was horizontal. A lot of those wide receiver screens, a lot of the flare outs, they want to throw the ball a little bit more consistently down the field. And they want to be a little bit more aggressive in their passing attack. Uh, Mike Sanford, Jr. Uh, you know, when we were at Pac-12 Media Day, I called Jim Mora, Jim Mora, Jr. And didn't he, he get offended? He didn't, he didn't say anything, but he kind of gave me a little like, really? But, I mean, when your dad's Jim Mora, you're Jim Mora, Jr. Yeah. So I, that's the thing with Mike Sanford. Do I call him Mike Sanford, Jr., or do I just call him Mike Sanford? Considering Mike once coached offense at Utah State in the yes. recent past. And apparently a <laughs> tremendous bowler, too. Tell us about the bowling coach. 
Tony went back to that well a few times. That's one of my favorite moments on the station. Uh, but speaking of the, so here's my concern, all right, because yeah. Jordan Love's amazing. Oh, but, but just to finish that point, yeah. um, they want to go even more up-tempo, which more. I, don't know, I don't know how they go more than uh, what they did last year, but they want to essentially hand the offense over to Jordan Love and say, you make, you make the call of the line of scrimmage. Okay, so I'm glad oh, you that, said that because you I think all went uh, bowling. Oh, yes, uh, one of the, the uh, one of the success or the reasons for success last year with Jordan Love that, that I could you know, talking to you and others uh, was that he and Yost were of such a like mind yeah. that it clicked so well that Yost even came on and did an interview. I think it was with Austin and Tony where he basically admitted that he didn't do anything. He was like, well, I don't really – you can give me all this credit, but I don't really do much. I just that's, say, you know, that Jordan – That sounds like something else would say. Go in there and do your thing. Uh, but, the, I mean, he was such a good coach and he had so much trust in his quarterback that he knew that Jordan was going to go out there and, and make the right decision. Uh, bringing in a new coach, I, I worry that that disrupts that dynamic and that Jordan Love might be asked to do something that isn't doesn't quite click so well. Does that make any sense? I, I, and I think that's a fair – concern i think that's a fair you know issue to 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 raise i you hope that that's not the case i remember when matt wells uh took the job as the head coach and he brought in a defensive coordinator todd orlando who's now at texas making a bazillion dollars a year and and he he brought in todd orlando and he said look um this defense is really good i need you not to screw it up and so (laughs) todd orlando came in and learned the verbiage of the previous defense and just said, I will just take that defense that you had, and I'll add a wrinkle here, but that'll still be the defense that we play at Utah State. And over the years, he kind of evolved it, but that first year, he's like, look, I got I got Vigil Brothers, I got Kyler Fackrell, I got all these guys that would end up playing in the league. Let me not screw it up, and I'll just, I'll just learn your defense and then call your defense. Um, I think that's going to be a little bit of what they'll try to do offensively. Like, look, Jordan Love is an NFL quarterback. Jordan Love is as good of a player as they've ever had at Utah State. Let's not screw this up. Let's not let's not make this harder than it is. This is what he's comfortable with. This is what he's good at. Let's develop our wrinkles to try to help him and develop his game a little bit more. But for the most part, let's just let him do his thing and do what he's comfortable with. But you're right. But sometimes coaches say that and then egos get in the way. They're like, "No, I'm still really smart at what I do and and I I think I, you know, so I don't anticipate that that would be an issue there, but I I can understand how that happens sometimes. I love that interview with Tony and Austin. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't really do much. I don't even know why you're having me on the radio Honestly, right now. Honestly, I just yeah. just woke me up from a nap. I just make sure the check's clear, and that's about it. <laughs> All right, so I said ten wins with Utah too, and DJ tried to talk me off that ledge. But I think okay, so Phil Steele comes out with his rankings. They're number eight in the country yeah. according to Phil. Everybody and their dogs picking them to win the division and considering them a, a, a contender for the Pac-12 championship and, and to go to the Rose Bowl. If if you're gonna do that, don't you have to win ten games? I mean, not have to, I suppose. Cause, they'll go. Cause they'll th- go undefeated in non-conference because that's what they always do. And yeah, I, look, I think we all would pick if we had to pick right now that Utah beats BYU. Right? It's not a given, but yeah, I think it's we'd not all a given. But but I mean, that's what we'd predict to happen. They'll beat Northern Illinois. Uh, they'll beat Idaho State, and uh, who else do they have? Is that uh, it? Yeah, three games. Yep, because they go uh, nine game conference schedule. Uh, so that so that puts them at uh, essentially seven and two in conference. If you're going to win the Pac-12 South, you probably seven and two is probably the number you need to be at. And if you're going to you know win a if you're capable of winning 
a uh, Pac-12 championship game, you probably have to be a 7-2 and two caliber team. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think they're the, at USC is always going to be hard. Um, and at Washington's not easy either. But Washington's changing over their whole team, right? Yep. And uh, USC is, is a bit of a mess, although they do have a, a returning quarterback. But I, I don't think going to the Mike Leach spread it out offense is a good idea at all for USC, and that's what they're going to try and do. And they avoid, what, Stanford and Oregon? Oregon. So they're, I think they're a little bit of the recipient of what Utah State was last year. Totally agree. And, and so that's why I think I, I'm – I agree with DJ on maybe coming down a little bit on the 10 wins on Utah State, but as far as the 10 wins on Utah, I'm, I'm all in on that one. I think they can do it too. I mean, DJ was saying how difficult Arizona, matchup Arizona State's going to be, but they tra- uh, turn over everybody. And I know Arizona State has beat Utah more than they've lost, yeah. but, I mean, unless Herm really, really recruited well, I, I think it's going to take them a minute to get back going. Okay, but to his point, he could be right, and they could lose Arizona State. But we're giving them two losses in conference play. I think we, you know, we're predicting three and zero in non-conference, and seven and two in in conference play. So you can lose, yeah, absolutely. They don't match. You know, Arizona State's always giving them problems. Sometimes Arizona gives them problems. All right, so let's just call that two losses, or let's say they split the Arizona games and then maybe lose to Washington and Seattle. Okay, that still means that they're seven and two in conference, and I think that's perfectly reasonable. Because if you're not playing, you know, the stud quarterback in Oregon and you're not and, – and you get Oregon State on the road, you have Cal back on the schedule, um, and then, you know, UCLA still trying to figure things out. I, see, I, I, I don't think 7-2 and two in conference is out of the realm of possibility at all here. If they're certainly going to achieve yeah. what uh, – and then, all right, for BYU, I had it 7. That's where I said it, and DJ actually uh, agreed – uh, with that one, I don't think BYU is going to be Utah State. I don't think that they're going to be Utah, but I think BYU is going to beat Tennessee. I do too. I their their schedule because you know you got Washington turning over a new quarterback and you get them early. Um, although I still think they'll lose to Washington, but I don't think two and two out of the gate is out of out of the realm. I don't either. And that's because they're playing good teams, or they're playing legacy teams. But they're not particularly good. I mean, Utah will probably be a loss if I had to pick games right now. And again, you know, it could be wrong. I'm just we're just having fun here. Uh, but Utah, okay, L. But I think Tennessee is a win. I do too. Uh, Washington could be a win. It's USC winnable. could be a win. I mean, I think right now I think they beat USC and I think they beat Tennessee and lose to Washington and lose to Utah. And then Toledo and USF are going to be more difficult games than you would think, especially since they're on the road, but certainly winnable games for BYU. If you can split Boise State and at Utah State, I think at Utah State's going to be really tough. But Boise, I think there's some question marks there. And then finishing the season, which I love, at San Diego State. Love that old Mountain West flair. I think, yeah. that's, I think that's terrific. But uh, I don't think seven is out of the question for BYU, and I think that would be a step forward. How important is it for BYU because Kalani's record against – their rivals, Boise State, Utah, Utah State, is not good. Um, how important is it for him to win a game or two in those three? A game, it's crucial. Two, uh, I mean, I, I know, uh, like Tony, for example, with Austin, is putting so much emphasis on the Utah-BYU game. I, I, I don't think BYU season's over if they lose to Utah. Far from it. So if they lose to Utah and split Utah State and Boise, and Boise I think that's all right. That's okay. You can't go over again, though. But boy, you know, one and three in, in, in those, or excuse me, one and two in those three games. 
Still not great. No, it's still not. But but BYU is is not great right now. Yeah, I think they're headed the right way. I think Zach Wilson he needs to not get caught up in whatever Jake Heaps and Tanner Mangum got caught up in and take the next step. I'm not worried about that as much as I am the shoulder. And I wasn't worried about it until I had Riley Nelson on the uh, on the airwaves yeah. and said I suffered that same injury and I essentially had to learn how to throw again. I had to learn my mechanics all over again. It altered. I never threw the ball the same way again. And and you can get through it, and you can learn, and you can adjust and get better. But is that – I mean, we just naturally assume Zach Wilson's going to be great, and I think he's got the capability of being great. But that injury – I'm not worried about his mindset. I think he's a good kid. I think he's grounded. Uh, I, 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 I anticipate that he'll handle the pressure well. I just worry about that arm and that shoulder. And – and if he gets that dialed in, I think he'll be just fine. And BYU has another really good quarterback on their hands. But boy, I hope I hope that injury. I hope he gets over that injury a little quicker than 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 I think I'm worried about. Because and I, again, I didn't even give it a second thought. I thought he'd be just fine. But those comments from Riley Nelson made me think a little bit. Man, I'm knocking on wood. If it, you never want to see an injury derail anybody, but if he couldn't reach his potential because of an injury no, after his freshman, freshman year, year, man, yeah. that would. That would be tough. All right, we're live here. Bullfrog Spas, their hot tub clearance center, 7111 South, Bingham Junction Boulevard, really on the corner of 7200 South and 7th West. And our friend Cindy joins us once again. And, and Cindy, let's explain a little bit about what this is all about right here. We're doing uh, basically clearance prices on scratch and dents that have got to go because you guys need room. Yeah, we just need room. We're, we're uh, building a new factory and... We just need room. Um, we don't want to take them all with us. <laughs> so we've clearanced them to go. We're excited that you guys are here. And, yeah, that's it's a really good deal. And we have all a selection of all colors and models. So it's worth coming to look at. You know, I'm glad you said that because you, you hear, you know, clearance and, and some of those words. And you think, oh, they've probably got like two of them down there. And they're probably the ugliest ones. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're never going to fit in my house. Oh, my gosh. You have so many down here. You can, you're going to fit somebody into what they want. Oh, absolutely. And, and we have financing um, deals and th- we can meet any budget. And let's talk about the premium spa package that you guys are going to do for everybody this weekend because it's yeah. not just the spa you're going to land. Right. This weekend only we're throwing in a premium spa package that will give them everything they need to start. So including the delivery. So we're talking like steps and accessories and then the delivery, of course, is is important. You guys yes. are not going to just say, well, yeah. when can you pick it up in your Toyota Corolla? Right. You know? we, we put it in the backyard where they want it. <laughs> Love it. Okay, Cindy, you are the best. Thank you Thanks. so much. All right. Here. Save money on that patio furniture. They have that as well. Get by and you've got to see this place. 7111 South Bingham Junction Boulevard. 70, it's really 7200 South, 7th West. You'll see the Zone Van right out front. We have, zone, uh, we have jazz gear for you. We have bees tickets as well stay tuned we're checking in at pebble beach coming up next 97.5 and 1280 the zone this 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 is hans olsen and scotty g it's what you want the play-by-play voice of the utah jazz david Locke. i guess maybe this sounds a little callous but it is the the reality of what we live in now that this happened how does this affect how things are going to look july 1 across the landscape of the nba i think it has a decade-long impact in medical health right i think this collide load management this year coupled with durant injury is going to change the way we play players. And I think it has a decade-long impact on rosters. There's a chance that this whole free agency, because of this injury, just becomes almost a dud. Kawhi stays, Kyrie stays, Anthony Davis gets traded, and we move on. 
Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. This U.S. Open update live from Pebble Beach is presented by Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried and Jensen, and Barbecue Pit Stop on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Scotty G sitting in for Gordon Monson today. We're hanging out at the Bullfrog Spa's Hot Tub Clearance Center. Come see us, 7111 South Bingham Junction Boulevard. We have plenty of jazz gear for you, and you've got to check out these brand new spas they are absolutely beautiful and they are priced to move all right let's get out to the sprint special guest line joining us now you can hear him every saturday morning on real golf radio live from pebble beach the one and only brian taylor what's up bt well i'll tell you what this is a very beautiful spot to be standing on a thursday afternoon and watching the 119th u.s open just off the seventh tee and eighth tee and sixth green out here on the far end of the golf course overlooking the pacific ocean stillwater cove it's just an absolutely perfect weather day if you want to make some scores and that's what brooks kepka is doing right now and what tony finau is not doing right now well tell us about uh, tony what's not going right for him yeah tony just hasn't been able to quite get it uh, close to the hole and make a birdie yet he, he did make a bogey on number two which is a converted par five so he didn't, it would have been a par in uh, february at the at&t but it was a bogey here at the u.s open and then, you know, he's driving it pretty good off the tee, just not getting himself quite sharp into the greens and giving himself good looks for birdies to this point in time. So uh, the one bogey, um, he sits at one over par and uh, just actually just made birdie right behind me as uh, we're speaking. He makes birdie to, to go back to even par here on the par 5-6. So he's hanging in there, but really this is a stretch of, of holes on this golf course where you got to take advantage of it. And uh, Tony didn't do that, and now he's entering one of the toughest parts of the golf course. You know, once he gets through seven, you got eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I mean, that's just a really tough stretch. So, BT, what do you uh, what do you attribute the low scoring to? I mean, these guys are tearing this course up. That's not what we're used to seeing in a U.S. Open. Yeah, you know what? It's it's the moisture in the golf course, and it's the perfect weather conditions. This is one of those things that we talk about sometimes when you watch in a British Open. You know, where they play a link style golf course. This is very much a link style golf course, American version for sure. But um, you know, when you have a seaside course without any wind. Uh, and, and the softness that's in the golf course, uh, you know, these, if you're if you're hitting it well, you can score. And that's what we talked about early in the week, Scotty. You know, you're asking me, what, you know, what what do you think a score would be? And I really, I felt then, and it's it's happening now that the guys that are that are on their game can really shoot a low number. I, I mean, five under par leading after today's morning round, there was a barely a breath of wind, and these greens are as green as any tour event. There's no brown in them. There's no fire in them yet, and so. That's probably saying something about the difficulty of Pebble Beach when only five under in these conditions is leading. So um, the way Brooks Kepka's going, he's probably going to get past that um, this afternoon, but we'll see. He's just stepping into the tough part of the golf course, too, and surely Pebble Beach will bite back. But the, the, the side story, the sort of the inside story really is, you know, the USGA under a lot of criticism over the last several years on their setups. They knew this one had to be right. They didn't want to have the controversy of, uh, of extreme setup, and, and now you start to wonder if maybe they overcompensated just a little bit, and we're not quite seeing the fiery U.S. Open conditions. But, again, like Phil said, there's still three days to go. Ricky Fowler uh, tied in the clubhouse for the lead at 5-under. He shot a 66 uh, today. Could this, be the, the, could this be the year where he finally gets over the hump? Well, that would be a great story. And, you know, Johnny Miller told us earlier in the week, he said, you know, Pebble Beach likes Californians, and Ricky's a Californian. And, uh, 
You know, this is his eighth, I think, U.S. Open that he's played in. He's uh, he's had a runner-up finish a couple of years ago at Aaron Hills in the U.S. Open, and uh, that that's a big, wide-open golf course. Uh, but, you know, again, this is a, a golf course that would fit Ricky's game. He's a really good ball striker, not really particularly long, but you don't need a lot of length out here. And so, yeah, I, I think... I think if Ricky, you know, he's flying under the radar just a little bit, but was reading an article that he's been working on a couple of mechanical things and something finally clicked recently, and he was excited to get out here to Pebble Beach and play. And when someone, you know, sometimes they're just blowing smoke and saying that. Other times, if they've really found that, that can be a big confidence boost for a player. And a player of Ricky's caliber, he certainly do. He's on top of that list, in my opinion, of best players yet to win a major. So given the conditions the way they are now, how important is it for these guys to take advantage of it today, knowing that, you know, I don't know if the weather's going to hold. I don't know what the weather looks like, but certainly I, I got to imagine the USGA is going to ramp things up over the rest of the week just to try to make life a little bit more miserable. I would think that they're going to hold off on the water. I mean, I, again, like I said, I'm just really, really surprised. I was just talking to uh, one of the uh, the, the tour um, instructors that was walking around, and he said that it's actually the uh, greens are running slower than they did were at the U.S. Amateur. Uh, when they played here at Pebble Beach wow. last year. So Victor Hovland is the U.S. Amateur champion. He's playing alongside Brooks Kepka, and he's a 500 par. So, uh, you know, he, he's loving these conditions. He's, he's, he feels like it's not even as tough as it was in the U.S. Am. So, yeah, I do think you could probably see some, some tougher pin placements tomorrow. Most likely they're going to keep the water off the greens, and, and you'll, hopefully you'll start seeing some of that brown and that fire get back into these greens and, and make it tough. I mean, case in point, Scotty, I mean, guys are missing into this heavy rough. They're, you know, short-siding themselves. They're able to chip it and get it to stop on the greens. I mean, that's that's not U.S. Open, you know, tough. And so I would expect that that might change over the next few rounds. Tiger at minus one, Phil at plus one. Uh, talking about the old guard, uh, what do those guys have to do to make sure they make the cut and stay in the in the hunt? Yeah, those uh, Phil Mickelson really missed an opportunity today. Uh, he, he went through and played those first seven holes even par, and uh, that, that's – you can't do that. Like I said earlier, that, that that's where you have to take advantage of it. Phil was just off, really, with the putter. Missed a short putt on four, I think it was, at a little, maybe a two, three-footer, and, and just power-lipped it out like we've seen Phil do so many times throughout his career. But um, he's, he's not. You certainly don't shoot yourself you know, completely out of it with that score on the first day. But, you know, it, it's, it's going to require a bit of a move uh, tomorrow for Phil. He's, he's going to go early, late. That's, that sometimes can be good if you're searching. Guys like Tiger, he's going late early, meaning he's playing this afternoon. He'll go take a quick sleep and then be back at it in the morning under what's supposed to be, uh, you know, ideal conditions again in the morning. So um, I, I think I think Tiger's, uh, you know, both those guys, at this point in time, it's just staying in touch. Brooks Kepka, as we talked about going into the week, man, I mean, that guy just, he hasn't missed a beat. And uh, love him or not, whether he's going against 100 years of history, which, uh, you know, no one has, has, has won three majors in a row for over 100 years, but Brooks you know, the guy doesn't care. He just goes out and plays good golf, hits good golf shots, and makes birdies, and he's doing it again this week. So you got to stay in touch, that's for sure. Mike Weir was able to qualify for the tournament, came in and uh, shot a plus three. But uh, talk a little bit about his path on only on just even being able to play in this tournament. Yeah, it was good for Mike to get in. He qualified in Dallas and was uh, one of seven, I think, qualifiers in Dallas. So really good for him. He's been playing a full schedule on the web.com this year. It's uh, an exemption that they give to um, players of certain status, which Mike has from his years on tour, eight-time winner on the PGA Tour and a major champion, as we know. And uh, he's going to be 49 this year, and so next year he'll be turning 50 and going to the Champions Tour. And so someone who's got eligibility to ramp into the Champions Tour that's not playing a full PGA Tour schedule, they they give him the exemption in the web.com to 
status on the web.com to go out and play a full schedule and get his game, you know, where it needs to be in preparation for the Champions Tour. So he's loving that. Uh, it's it's important, uh, you know, for him to be able to have a rhythm, know when he's playing, you know, on a regular basis. And so his game's, his game's getting better, and, and that was a big step for him to qualify. Again, he loves Pebble Beach. He's had success here back in the day when he played well on tour. This was a place where he expected to win. And um, so, yeah, I, I, it, it's cool to see what Mike's doing, and he gutted it out today. He didn't have his best stuff, but he gutted it out. And, uh, you know, he's not, he's not out of it. He shoots, you know, three under par tomorrow and uh, and be right there. I think even par is going to make cut, no problem. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure he's, you know, not exactly the round he had hoped for, but I think with Mike, he's just trying to continue to pace himself and gain that confidence, make sure his game's in shape. And I think he'll do uh, pretty well in the Champions Tour next year. BT, what kind of dude is Brooks Kepka? He's got the game to be a superstar. Does he have the, the personality, or what's he like? I, I'll answer that for you. He's got the personality of your left shoe. I kind of get that impression, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking doorknob. I was thinking, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, left shoe works. You know, here's the thing. At first, I was, I was kind of like, you know, this guy doesn't have any personality. He's not exciting to watch. He's not exciting to interview. Like, let's. Let's get somebody else. I mean, Jordan's a great interview, and you know, and there, there's 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 guys you know you know that we've had over Mickelson. I mean, great characters, right? And and that makes for fun storylines. Brooks is kind of hard to, you know, he just isn't real easy to embrace. And so I, I've kind of been standoffish on Brooks. But as I as I spent more time, obviously he spent he spent more time in the interview room, so I've had a chance to listen to him a little bit more. And I'm actually starting to buy into him. I'm, I'm actually starting to say, you know what? I, okay, I get this guy. He's not getting all caught up in it. And I think that's the most sort of startling thing is he literally, it's not a front. He literally is not caught up in this at all. He, he's like, we're just playing golf here. I don't even know what, why, why is everybody asking me all these serious questions and history? He's like, I'm just playing golf. That's all I'm doing. It's almost like he's, you know, a former Super Bowl champion playing golf, and he's like, "Yeah, this is nothing like the NFL or or something." He just kind of has that kind of attitude, and I thought it was just a front, but it's it's it's. I think it's legit. Uh, I think that's who he is, and I think that's going to suit him well uh, as he continues to just eat major championships for breakfast, which is what he's doing again. Um, I guess it'd be lunchtime out here, but that's what he's doing again this week. What are the conditions like look uh, look like tomorrow? BT, is it going to remain advantageous? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I mean, literally, you couldn't ask for better weather. And most people love Pebble Beach, like to see it play a little harder, have that wind pick up a little bit. Best chances in the afternoon. But uh, that's what I'm saying. These guys, uh, you know, Brooks goes out and gets it done, you know, gets gets in the house at five or 600 again today, and then goes out early in the morning where it's just been absolutely dead calm perfect. And, you know, he's liable to go out and throw another 64, 65 out there and, and uh, run away and hide again. I mean, that's what he did at uh, the PGA Championship. A couple good rounds, and then it was put it on cruise control and let everybody else have to press to try to catch him, and that's tough to do in a major championship. So uh, perfect conditions. Um, I, and it's supposed to stay that way, cloudy, cool, which means the golf course is going to, you know, keep the moisture in it that it has. It's not really going to dry out too much and get too too hard and fast on those greens so uh we'll, we'll see what i don't believe they have sub air here either so it's not like they're you know going to manufacture uh, the uh, firmness in the greens they'll just have to see what mother nature provides bt you're the best thanks for the great coverage as always we'll be listening saturday morning and uh, we'll be listening throughout the day tomorrow as well thanks man yeah you got it all right there you go brian taylor from real golf radio Scotty, coming up next, we usually have the Not Sports Report, but should we bring back the browser history? I like it. Yes. You and I, little known fact, when uh, this whole thing came together in 2012, 
We uh, we actually uh, you and I did what about a two hour show together? We did. You were you did three hours with Tony, and then I had to slide over and do two hours with me. Five hours of radio for my guys. It was day. awesome. I actually I I loved that time, and it was fun doing a show because uh, we've worked together and known yeah. each other for so long. It was finally uh, fun to get to get the gang back together and do because I I produced for you for a number of shows. It was fun <laughs> to finally get to do a show with Scotty. The, the old average Joe show. Ah, the average Joe show. Man, those were the times. I can't believe how long ago that was. I mean, we're looking at uh, 15 years ago. That's wild. That so, is as 04. Yeah. Name that cell phone tune. <laughs> that was the best bit in the history of radio. Man, that was so bad. It it, it was, was not really good. Bad. That was a fun show, though. It was. Uh, some of it was fun. Yeah. Yes, some. That was fun. You and I had fun. We did. We did. We had a good time. Yep. And then there was in the huddle. In, oh, did you, yeah, you did produce that, I didn't did. you? I did. Oh, yeah, because we had a segment like, Jake, what are you doing this weekend? Yep. And we played Redbone for that Redbone. Uh, yep. Nothing but come fun. And, come and get your love. Indeed. All right, so a little uh, Jake's browser history coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on The Zone Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see the one, Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, let's see here. Click on tools. Now options. And yes, delete internet history. Whew. Let's hope that's off the hard drive. It's another edition of Jake's Browsing History on 1280. The Zone. The sports leader. That was uh, a yes. good open. That was a good I was proud of that one. <laughs> that was a really good open. All right, we're going to do, instead of the Not Sports Port, a little Jake's browser history brought yep. to you by LHM Used Car Supermarket. Uh, over 1,000 used vehicles and in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. That's taking it all the way back to 2012 right there. I can't believe it's been that long. I know, right? Man, Seven years. Uh, this, I tell you what, this, this is a great place to work. I love this station. I can't believe that uh, that was that long ago. Seven. That uh, that May uh, May twenty third, two thousand twelve, is a day that will always be stuck in my brain for a long time. Oh man, that was something else. Yeah, that was that was really something. Yeah, and the months leading up to that were not the the easiest in the no. world either. Well, the thing is, it was only like, I mean, it came together fast. In case you're just joining us, that's when uh, I I was. Uh, DJ and PK and I and uh, Austin was over there at the old thirteen twenty, and uh, which is now defunct. And uh, let's see, who else did we bring over with us? Kevin Ferguson came, and then he's not like I'm trying to think who else. Terry, Terry South was there for a bit, yeah. Uh, and so then we we came over and then kind of blended things together with you and and Gordon and uh, I mean it was just we're sorry about Lloyd still and Lloyd. <laughs> we regretting that decision. Hands bolted for a couple of years, and we were able to get him back. And so, that, but but yeah, piecing that thing together, that was something else. 
And you know what? The station has just been humming that was, ever yeah, since. So much fun. Yeah, it is fun. This, I, I love our staff, and this is the best. But all right, so you ready for some? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Some Jake's browser history. I, all right, I have a few different things for you. You ready for this, uh, Scotty? Uh, in five years, Colorado has made one billion dollars in tax revenue for marijuana. Really, one billion dollars. Now, um, that's a lot of money. As far as, and uh, because I, w- I think we actually had. Uh... <laughs> this is an old drop. That is a really old drop. Drop there. goes back away. That's a brand guy drop right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when his running back got uh, got busted. What was that dude's name? Uh, Brent was like, I, I, I don't care. He's great. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to play. He's going to play a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, but in the grand scheme of things, in a, you know, a state budget, you know, that's two hundred million dollars a year. That doesn't really move the meter that much, but still, that's two hundred million that you wouldn't have had. So I, I, Colorado's probably got a bit bit of a smile on their face over something like that. I would say it depends on where it goes. That's true. That's true. I mean, because if you were Cause to ask, a state a, can blow through two hundred million real quick and not right. blink an eye. But I mean, could you give teachers a more livable wage I with would, an extra? I would certainly hope so. Uh, but anyway, Colorado is kind of the grand experiment with that, right? I would like to know how they're spending that money, because I remember uh, who's the guy that's running for president was the governor there, Hinkle. Hopper oh yeah, yeah, like uh-huh. and uh, he was asked about it, and he was actually against it, and then enacted it, and then became kind of a fan of it, and then uh, and said, you know, look, it's it's been nice for our state, but is it really? improve things from a financial standpoint really not that much interesting but but we feel like we've got a better handle on the marijuana issue in our state by legalizing and i've heard that some states do it better than others yeah like i heard california's not doing it real well but i've heard colorado is more of a model of kind of how it how it should go yeah not surprising but it's interesting to see that tied in our country kind of change i never thought that i would have seen it in my lifetime to be honest well and the fact that i mean it even got the traction it did in the state of utah is a bit surprising to me well that that uh the referendum passed yeah and i know it got tinkered with a little bit and it's it's somewhat of a controversial issue but the the fact that the fact that a pat you know a bill involving marijuana passed in the state of utah was that's that's a bit surprising to me eye-opening Yes. Really? Never I, thought we'd live in a world where that was the case. No, no. So anyway, a billion dollars. There you go. Congratulations, Colorado. All right. You ready for this uh, story having to do with 50 Cent? Oh, I'm always down for that. Okay. So 50 was, uh, was throwing a party. All right. And let's see uh, Let's see where this was. It was in Atlanta, and it was at uh, Allure in Atlanta. So you can imagine what kind of establishment Allure is. Not quite the gold it's club. It's a church. But- uh, yeah, no, it's, no, it's not. No, no. It's not a church. So, so tell me uh, if you think this is wrong, and if you would do the same thing. All right. So, Fifty was hosting the event and was giving out stacks of ones to other celebrities so that they could, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, make it rain, make it rain, do do their thing. Yeah. Well, uh, Bow Wow, formerly Lil Bow Wow. Uh, just he's, took, all, he's all grown up now. He is. He's now just Bow Wow. He took the money home with him. <laughs> is that is that so he took a like fifty one dollar bills he home. took it home so instead of using it for yeah. what what it was intended he was like no i'm not doing this man i'm just i'm taking it home i could kill a vending machine right now this is gonna be awesome <laughs> gonna get some funyuns on the way home 
So anyway, Fifty got so mad Fitty, at him. Fifty's mad about it. Huh? Yeah, he got mad at him on on Instagram or whatever. But uh, you know what? To be honest, I I could see myself doing the very I, same thing. I don't. I I, I kind of like it. I kind of admire the initiative. You know, everybody wants an extra buck. It's a good way to do it. Like, hey, wow, I'll I'll take that. All right, and I've got one more for you, real quick. Okay, this happened in in Kentucky. Uh, Smith's Grove police responded to a collision between a car and a horse-drawn carriage, a handsome cab. And it turned out that the operator of said handsome cab was uh, intoxicated. And, Wait a minute, the carriage? Yeah, the, the, the carriage driver was intoxicated so and arrested for operating a non-motor vehicle under the influence. He had eight passengers, so he got uh, oh, one geez. endangerment and criminal mischief. Everybody, everybody come out of there Everybody. Okay? Everybody, including the horse, uh, came out just fine. There's, there's your guy. <laughs> oh, my Jebediah! gosh. That is awesome. That is great. He looks like something out of the Amish Paradise music video. You remember that yeah, uh, yeah. back in the Weird Al days? Yeah, he's got a, like a little bit of a, uh, oh, man, like a, like a Christmas gnome or like something. <laughs> he does look a little bit like a Christmas gnome. Oh, man. I want to just get a ceramic version of that and put it on my lawn. So if you're a, a handsome cab driver out there, you know, just wait till after your shift to, uh, to you know, yeah, do indulge. what you're going to do. And yeah. that's, that's no joke, though. Like, if you uh, – that's always a big concern growing up in, like, farm country. Yeah. Like, if you, if, if you let your horse or your cow out and, and it, it gets out and it gets on a road and you tattoo that thing going 50 miles an hour, it comes right into, into your into – your, yeah, right serious. through the windshield. Yeah, I mean, right. That, that's no joke. So hey, all you guys out there, no more drinking and uh, and and carriaging. Yeah, that that works. Yeah. No, no drinking and carriaging. Out yeah, there. let's be careful out there. You Come know on. what I was surprised about to learn that zero, De- zero fatalities. No. <laughs> that Declo is so much smaller than Weezer. Yeah, Hans, Hans claims to be from a small town. That's like a. That's like a. It's like a five six thousand. Yeah, right. That's like a hey, thriving Decl- metropolitan. Declo's got three hundred. Right. Yeah, population three hundred. And by the way, it likes you look every ten years the census. It'll it's either plus or minus maybe like twenty. Like it, you can almost set your watch to the population in Declo. When I looked that up, I was like, man, Hans is basically from New York City yeah. compared compared to, to Declo. Yeah, you can't do small hometown news anymore because you're the only one from a small hometown. Thank you. I do like that segment, though. Yeah. It does make me laugh. When you get the when you can get like a TV clip, that makes it even better. All right. Joining us now, because we are live from Bullfrog Spas, the Hot Tub Clearance Center, 7200 South, 7th West. Uh, if you were looking for the exact address, 7111 South, Bingham Junction Boulevard. And our good friend Ryan joins us once again from Bullfrog Spas. First of all, Ryan, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks. Love How are you, show. sir? How are things? Good. How are you guys? Hey, good. we're we're doing great. And I love it that you take care of our listeners. And this is the best time for our listeners if they've been on the fence about a bullfrog spa. Now is the time, and this clearance center is the place. You guys have it all right here. Yeah, it's it's summer, right? Kids are out of school. Um, it's time for family fun, and that's what we're doing. We brought them all out. Everything must go. Save thousands on your spa. We've got patio sets. Uh, you choose a patio set that matches your furniture like i said everything must go uh full factory warranties with these spas um and it's going to be a perfect time for barbecue season yeah, no doubt 
Well, you guys, you brought up the family time, and I know that's something that you guys are all about because at a bullfrog, you can spend the family time together, and guess what doesn't make it into the bullfrog? The screens. <laughs> that's true. Cell phones have become a little more waterproof than they used to be, but... Not quite that uh, waterproof. But not but. quite that waterproof, so yeah. we, we got an edge on the game there, so... I like it. And, they, and families actually have to, I don't know, converse. Like, yeah. what, a, what a strange thing in today's right. day. I mean, just, just the end of a day, just getting together and uh, having conversations about how the day went and... Just, you know, getting to know each other again, right? And that's that's what we need. So. And the, the selection down here at the Clearance Center is so amazing. Uh, our listeners are going to find something that fits what, what they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, save thousands on a bullfrog spa. We got Scratch and Dent, some last year models, believe it or not, left. Um, but they're going quickly, so you better hurry. And they all have to go. Absolutely. I mean, so our, take advantage because these prices don't get any better. Yep. All right, Ryan, you're the man. Thanks, hey, bud. Thanks, guys. All right, come and see us. 7111 South, Bingham Junction Boulevard, basically the corner of 7200 South and 700 West. Scotty, I can't thank you enough for sitting hey, in man, for a couple hours. Hey, man, this was a lot hours. of fun. I appreciate it. This was fun. Let's do it like, more. Like the good old days. Let's do it. Gordon goes out of town enough. We can figure we it can, out. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I can get in about 20 shows a that's my guy. Right That's there. my guy right there, Scott Gerard. Sam Amick joins us next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Kurt Craigdorf, the annual Harris Poll was released this week, and Five Guys Burgers came in first and in and out second. Where do you stand on your burger ranking? I'm a traditionalist. Those haven't even entered my consciousness. I'm still the old franchise guy, so it's still Wendy's Burger King McDonald's for me. Wendy's is fourth. McDonald's is seventh. That's a travesty. This is like 84 again. You're like Brian Gumble criticizing Barry Switzer. <laughs> Who is Five Guys served? I need to know about. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.